Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Who Day Over 40 podcast, our Cincinnati Bengals fan podcast for longtime suffering Bengals fans. Uh, on the line tonight, I usually have two offensive players with me, but tonight it's the single backfield. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. What's going on, y'all? Yeah, we getting down to the basics of players, but the Bengals just losing people left and right. But with hope, the draft comes every year. So let's see if we can replace some people. Yeah, the Bengals, like every other team after the draft, is going to the Super Bowl. Every player is going to be a pro bowler. There's really no difference in the optimism that comes with fans after the start of the draft or at the end of the draft. So what we're going to do tonight is go over the Bengals' picks and kind of how it affects the roster. Uh, With 11 picks last year and 11 picks this year, the roster is getting younger. Uh, as Sandman has been known to say, you got to take away some of the veterans from Marvin because he just doesn't know how to act with them. And so we'll see what these, yeah, we'll see what these young guys can do, and if they have a possibility to make the roster, uh, the 53-man roster, let alone if they're actually going to be active on game day. So we'll go straight from the top. Uh, the first round pick is Billy Price, center out of Ohio State. They actually take a Buckeye for the, the for a change in an early round. He sets the line up for the future, hopefully if he's as good as people, as it as advertised, I guess. Uh, he was taken after the Lions took the the center from uh, uh, Arkansas. I keep wanting to call him Ragnarok Arkansas. after Thor. Yeah. yeah, but he's not that yeah. guy. So how are you feeling about Billy Price? Um, good. Like, um, I think the Bengals had, uh, well, we don't know. They, they might have had uh, either Ragnar or Billy Price. Uh, as number one uh, center uh, that they were going to take. Knowing the Bengals, they were probably locked in on price. And and don't uh, do, um, undervalue the fact that the Bengals have lost a lot of fans in the last couple of years with some of the losing that's uh, been going on. So what do you do? You bring in a local player from a popular uh, state university. So I'm, they're not beyond doing that, believe me. But um, the pick I do agree with, I, there's a pick of need, obviously. Price is a very good, uh, he's versatile. That's something the Bengals love. Uh, he plays center and guard. I don't think he ever played tackle, but uh, that versatility, they love that. So, solid pick. Yeah. Um, it really sets up the line moving forward. As you go across the radio dial from left tackle, we got Cordy Glenn from the trade from Buffalo. You got Clint Bowling at left guard, the two Georgia guys next together, Billy Price at center. And then here come the question marks on the right side of the line. At right guard, you'll have probably either Christian Westerman or Trey Hopkins. Mm -hmm. And then at right tackle, it's either Jake Fisher coming off the heart condition or Bobby Hart, the tackle that they acquired from the Giants, who has massive amounts of, um, I guess, personnel issues with the team and the Giants. So Yeah, attitude. Yeah, yeah, and attitude and work ethic and motivation. So, again, going into the draft, the line was a weakness. They come out of the draft, especially with the trade of Cordy Glenn. They come out fairly strong from center to left. Still some question marks on the right side of the line. Yeah, the... um like a lot of other uh, Bengal fans, I was kind of mystified why they didn't go ahead and get another um, um, tackle when they were still, like, say, um, third or fourth round. I mean, at third round, they did get a, a linebacker and uh, 
Uh, was, it, was that when they uh, picked the defensive end? I think I jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah, Sam Hubbard, yeah. also from Ohio State. So uh, those were fine. The defense needs help, obviously, with uh, Vontez with his annual four-game uh, suspension coming around. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was curious, like, why they didn't try to get another uh, tackle or, um, or even a guard. Either one would have been uh, welcome. From what we I heard, they didn't like the players on the board, which maybe, but I'm surprised I didn't at least try for one. So it's going to be interesting, uh, right guard and right tackle, who um, is going to be uh, starting this year. Yeah, it, uh, they also uh, essentially include like kind of Frank Pollock as a draft pick, essentially as they have a new offensive line coach for the first time in 24 NAM years, which ought to tell you how the <laughs> Bengals do business in and of itself. So they're hoping that you know, the new players, the new line coach can get something out of some of the other players, uh, especially Cedric Oboye, who they think, hopefully, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Hopefully, he can at least turn into a swing tackle and right and left tackle if somebody happens to get injured. But overall, um, yeah, they're struggling at right tackle for sure. And uh, let's see who wins the race. Obviously, they want they put all their chips on Jake Fisher at the beginning. Uh Barring anything unforeseen, I would imagine he's the leader in the clubhouse at right tackle. Yeah, definitely. Um, they still uh, believe in um, um, Fisher at right tackle. I've, from what I've heard, I, I listen to a lot of the uh, sports talk shows out of Cincy, and that's still the feeling. The Bengals don't quickly give up on their players, even when they're hopeless, like Kid Roller Skates, like we were just talking about. I mean, I mean that guy's terrible. He, he'll be gone in a year. They not, like they already, like you said, uh, denied his uh, options for fifth year. He's going to be gone after next year. But uh, with uh, Fisher, uh, they're still, I don't know if they're counting on it, but they're, they're definitely hoping that he can uh, at least be serviceable at right tackle. And I think they would take that right now. Over yeah. With, uh, they had the last couple of years. I'll be surprised if actually Cedric O'Boye is not traded um, sometime in the offseason. Uh, he he <laughs> might just take him. Yeah, well, he, I mean, yeah. again, they're going to trade him for like a fifth or sixth round draft pick or whatever, but it would probably be, oh, yeah. you know, he needs a fresh start. And I don't, you know, I don't think he has a trust yeah, of the Bengals no. coaches. And, if you you know, you trade him or you can get something for him at some point. And some point, in some place else, maybe he turns into something. But I think the Bengals made a mistake yeah. on that draft pick and they'll probably try to start regrouping. All right. Yeah. Second round pick, Jesse Bates, safety out of Wake Forest. Um, the Bengals have been looking for a more of a ball-hawking safety that could make plays somebody that's not just a, a hard tackler in a league that is really moving away from people making hard tackles. Uh, so Bates is supposed to be somebody that can get their, his hands on the ball, possibly make some interceptions or whatnot, can play down in the slot as you know most uh, teams are down in you know three wide receivers in 65% of their plays at this time anyway. This puts notice on George Ioka and Sean Williams as they were looking at Kurt Coleman as well before he signed with New Orleans. They're obviously wanting to upgrade from the safety position. Uh, which one of them might get pushed to the bench? Um, I'm looking uh, uh Williams. Is he the other safety right now? Yeah, um, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I think they still like George because George has shown in the past that he can uh, pick the ball off when he's um, when his hands ain't made of stone. Uh, like the last couple of years, he just all of a sudden forgot how to catch the damn ball. But um, he has demonstrated that in the past. Now, Williams, he's just in the box safety. Run up to him and run into him. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it for the, with him. I mean, basically, he and Aloka are 
are almost the same right now um, as far as just they're in, in the box safeties. And from what I've heard about this guy, this kid Bates, he's the exact opposite. Ball hawking, very um, um, good with the hands, uh, a center fielder, a, a true free safety. That's basically what he is. And when was the last time the Bengals had a true free safety that you know could actually uh, do something in the backfield? Like, right. Uh, yeah. Oh boy, I'm forgetting his name. Oh boy, that uh, used to be in the. Um, Secondary that went to the Raiders. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the dude they got yeah. from Jacksonville. Yeah, he's gone now. We, yeah, exactly. we can't talk about he's him. Gone. No more. That was the last. That was the last person they had that was worth, worth a, a damn. So yeah, this is a this is a good thing. I think. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, again, you're gonna have to take a, a a veteran away from Marvin. You know, he trusts Sean Williams. Exactly. He's got to play. You know, special teams. We're gonna talk about special teams here in a little bit, but. For the most part, you know, he's obviously going to get some snaps barring any kind of injury or whatnot uh, as the Bengals try to make mm-hmm. this transition at the safety position. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a solid pick. Most people thought it was an okay pick. Some people had him rated a little bit lower than that, but the Bengals had him fairly highly rated. Let's get into the third round. The Bengals take another Buckeye uh, defensive end, Sam Hubbard, and then they had two picks in that round, and they take Malik Jefferson, ta- uh, linebacker out of Texas. Um, let's start with the second pick first. Malik Jefferson uh, can play allegedly all three linebacker positions. Uh, like you said, Vontez has his annual four-day suspect or annual four-game suspension, so they're already weak at linebacker. The Bengals address linebacker again at a later round, even though there might not have been a highly rated linebacker in round one or round two that they like. Um, so he winds up going straight into the rotation, and probably more than anything, he's going to be sitting on the bench. It looks like the starters for opening week will be Jordan Evans, Nick Vigil, and probably Vinny Ray, probably for the first four weeks, barring any any injuries. Uh, the linebackers are still looking pretty weak, though, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we've already, we've already run Vinny Ray on this program. I personally am uh, his, his uh, biggest rival, I think. <laughs> 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 he, he is... As we've, if you've listened to us in the past, we've we've talked about Marvin and his need for the um, not useless veteran, but floundering veteran. That's damn near useless time. veteran. Damn near useless though. He loves veterans that don't matter if they any good, but as long as they veterans, they are gonna be starting. And the rookie is sitting on the damn bench. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah, you just get used to that now. At least at, 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 unless somebody gets hurt. Uh, Jefferson ain't going to be starting. He's going to be on the bench. Uh, same with Hubbard. You're going to see Johnson and uh, Carlos. Carlos Dunlap out there mm. pretty much 24-7 for at least the first couple of uh, weeks. Right. At least. And then you might you might see a, uh, Hubbard in the rotation. Same with Jefferson, but that'll be it. Well, I think they probably try to look to move out those saps for uh, Michael Johnson as he, at least on passing downs, have been moving towards defensive uh, the defensive tackle position next to Geno and have Dunlop coming from one side and then Carl Lawson coming from the other side. There was talk in the offseason about trying to get Lawson more snaps at linebacker, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous because what he does (laughs) is rush the passer. Let him rush the damn passer. There's no reason to have Carl Lawson dropping off into coverage. And so hopefully this year, and maybe Michael Johnson doesn't start. Maybe the rookie last year from Kansas State gets to start uh, at right tackle as they try to build up this rotation of linemen, you know, to keep them fresh through the course of the year, and then Sam Hubbard works his way in there, you know. He's a try-hard, hustle guy, you know, typical white guy characteristics, 
and hopefully he, you know, he can do something with that. Yeah, high, high motor guy, and hopefully he can do something, get to the quarterback, uh, provide some snaps, take some snaps from some other people, so you know that they can have, you know, be fresh later in the game. But you know, I, again, I think fairly two solid picks. I don't see anything bad with any either of those two picks. Both of them areas of need. Both of them put some veterans on a little bit of notice. But Vinny Ray ain't going anywhere. They love damn Vinny Ray. <laughs> Yeah, I'm afraid you're right about that. He's he's uh, he's gonna be here. Just accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Into the fourth round, the Bengals also had two picks. Um, they t- or excuse me, one pick. They pick uh, Mark uh, Walton. Walton, uh, running back out of University of Miami. He is a geo clone, essentially, about the same size, same about size. the same. Yep. So. Now, that puts somebody on notice that is also a useless veteran as well, which would be Cedric Pierman. Uh, the Bengals yep. typically have carried uh, three to four running backs. Um, so now you have Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, Walton makes the team for sure. And now what do you do with Cedric Pierman? And then this leads to a kind of a segue conversation about special teams. You know, the league came out with their new rules today is that essentially that they're going to the kickoffs are going to more look like punts at this point in time. There's not going to be any running starts, no wedges. Uh, you can't. I mean, all of this is going to look like that. So they're trying to take that out because of the concussions that happen and the injuries that happen on the kickoffs. And I mean, I would imagine that the kickoffs are going to be banned soon enough. So what is the purpose of having all and the Bengals love this shit? Uh, like he could be gunner on special teams. He could be gunner on special team, but never really play any meaningful snaps on offense or defense. So this dude, barring injury, where where are his snaps? I have no idea. Like like I said before, unless somebody gets hurt, uh, he's going to be yeah. He's a special teamer. And um, as far as um, Perryman, uh, not Perryman, Cedric Perryman, Cedric Perryman. Yeah, that dude. It, here we go back to the uh, the useless veteran uh, topic again. Mm-hmm. Marvin's got him all over the team, but this cat not only is he long in the tooth, but this is literally all he does is stay on uh, special teams. Yeah. Yes, he's good at it, but now you got another running back that can do the same thing. You know, I don't know if he can do it as well, obviously, but hey, you don't need to have um, be a lead at it as long as you can tackle somebody. I mean, that cat might be cut. Yeah, I just I just don't know with the despecialization of special teams. I don't know yeah. where all these dudes that the Bengals like, oh, this guy could be a gunner. He's so fast. I mean, like, okay, so you're still going to have punts. That's a given. But kickoffs, yeah. they're trying to get big people off the field. It just doesn't make any sense to have some of these players. And, and so I think with that being de-emphasized, maybe some of these, especially these later round picks, I'm not really sure what they're actually going to be able to offer to the Bengals on the day, you know, not just the 53-man roster, but the suited-up 47-man roster uh, to actually be able to, you know, play on game day. So, yeah, so Mark Walton, he gets he gets the, the opportunity only if somebody gets hurt. And in the fifth round, the Bengals have four players. Uh, they got a cornerback from Illinois State, a defensive tackle from Virginia, was Andre Brown, and then Darius Phillips, a cornerback from Western Michigan. I mean, really, again, all except for the tackle, probably all special team players and don't put any pressure really on anybody on the team. And, you know, they're they're You know, I listened to the Bengals beat podcast the other day and, you know, these latter round picks, they're just hoping they get injured so they can stuff them on IR and not have to even worry about them for the year. And that's 
unfortunate because these fifth round picks, you know, you would hope at least of the three of them, one of them would at least make the 53. I can't see either. I can't see any of, I mean, making the 53. Yes. I can't see any of them being suited up for game day. What do you think? It's going to be, it's going to be rough, man. Like uh, all these cats are like backup uh, to backups. Yeah. Pretty much. You got yeah. two cornerbacks and the, yeah, the D tackle, he might be, he might get a little play because they, they were a little thin on the D line. Uh, matter of fact, I thought they would possibly go a little higher with a, a D tackle, but I guess it didn't fall that way. Yeah, these other two cats, uh, both cornerbacks, um, and one's from, you know, from Western Michigan, the other's from Illinois State. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see these cats. Yeah, like like you said, I don't know if they're going to be even dressing uh, for um, game day. Yeah, they're going to be like <laughs> on the um, on the roster on the not not the, the fifty three, but uh, the the uh, player. I can't even think of the damn name. Uh, practice squad. Practice stuff. squad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you're probably gonna lose them, you know, if you try to right. try, um, stick them on there because that's happened to them a lot in the past. As a yeah, of fact. So, well, yeah, especially last year with the, the kicker. Yeah. yeah, especially last year yeah, with the that, kicker that they wound up losing, who won a Super Bowl. But we won't talk about mm-hmm. that because that's painful. Yeah, uh, and they don't draft a kicker. You know, I think they brought in one during the free agency cycle or whatever. But I mean, they don't even draft a kicker, and that's nope. you know, no pressure on Josh. You know. I mean, there's no pressure on the kickers either. But speaking of no pressure, when we get into round seven, they don't have a seventh, a sixth round pick. Uh, Logan Woodward, quarterback from Toledo. There is no pressure on Dalton at all. They bring in um, the backup quarterback from uh, we went to USC. I can't even remember his name anymore, but he sucks. Oh, uh, Barkley. Barkley. Yeah, Matt Barkley. He Matt. sucks. And there's no pressure yeah, on sucks. him. And, uh, and and we all know this. We said this. Marvin is ride or die with Andy Dalton. You know, you're either with me or against yes. me. They're riding that ship and the Titanic down together, and, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But, I mean, there's no pressure on Dalton as he's going into the last two years of his contract. And, you know, uh, the Bengals, mm-hmm. unless something happens, I, I would assume they're not going to pay him, you know, upwards of $25, $28 million. So they're just going to ride out these last couple of years and see what happens. No, yeah, they're um – they as much as they claim they love Dalton. Dalton does. I mean, he does have. A, um, he's steady. He's unspectacular, but steady. That's what he's always been. But what they really love is the, the team friendly deal he signed. That's that's the. That's <laughs> right. The, yeah. I mean, because this is this is a team owned by Mike Brown. Mike Brown is about the bottom line and the money, and that's it. As soon as he comes around for that uh, uh, contract negotiation, they will drop him like a hot brick and pick somebody up in the first and second round again. Yep. That'll be it for Dalton. Yep. That's, it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, he's, you know, the toppered upwards of quarterbacks, if, uh, I guess, what, Matt Ryan got $30 million annually or whatever. I, you know, Matt Ryan's better than Andy yeah. Dalton, but, you know, so I'm going to pay Andy Dalton $25 million and he's 30 No, yeah, we're not doing that. He ain't – the, the difference yeah, is not yeah, that yeah, significant. Exactly. Right, yeah. So. No, exactly. All right. Uh, and also in the seventh round, they get guard Rod Taylor from uh, Mississippi and then was it, Andrew – uh, Andre Auden Tate. Auden Tate, Alden yes, Tate. excuse me, from Florida State, which I heard on the Bengals yeah. Beat podcast that they were really excited about getting him in the seventh round. But it's another wide receiver. Like, where does he fit? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, you know, you have AJ Green, you have Tyler Boyd, you have uh, uh-huh. John Ross, who hasn't uh, played. Right. Cody Core, uh, the two picks from last year was it Josh Malone. Or the other pick last week, Josh Malone. And, I mean, where does he fit? Alex, you know, Erickson, who's, you know, the kickoff punt return person. I'm like, where does he fit? 
you know, and it becomes like a bottom part of the roster. Does he make the team or does he make the, he makes the team, but does he make the, you know, the 47, you know, game day roster? Yeah. Don't forget about uh, Brandon LaFell too. Oh, yes. The veteran. The fourth uh, floundering veteran. Yes. You need to take him away. He doesn't want to let go. Yeah. He does not want to let him go. He don't want to let it go. But hey, I mean, this is supposed to be, they're supposed to be in, quote unquote, win now mode, which right. is hilarious in itself. And, you know, with all these, that, that just like, um, um, uh, what position was it? Was it D tackle? Or mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, ends on um, defensive end. Yeah. It's a crowded room. Yeah. Man, I mean, you don't have enough room to uh, keep all these people. That was one of the things where they, we said, like, why are they keeping all these picks? They should trade them out, you know, yeah. and uh, try to move up a little bit. That's now not you got so many players, yeah, and um, you know, it's not the Bengal way. Talk about it. Yep, it's, it's not the Bengal way. That's it's true. not the Bengal way, right there. So we're we're trying you know, to win they, now, but with really young players, which doesn't really happen in this league, you know, unless no, you have a happens. unless you yeah, have a superstar quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you have a superstar exactly. quarterback, which they don't have, they have a yeah, mid, which they don't have a mid tier quarterback, and which means everything needs to be excuse me perfect around him. Uh, so yeah, let me. I, I didn't go ahead. Shout out to Big Hodge, who's not here tonight, but you know his his texts were like this is a bunch of freaking bums, essentially. I mean, and I get what he's saying, <laughs> but you know you gotta if you trust the Bengals and you trust their drafting process, you know maybe some of these dudes are adequate at best, and they help mm-hmm. fill out the roster. And you really are dependent upon your veterans to be stars. You know, uh, exactly. Andy Dalton has to be a star. He does with the new quarterback coach, the full year with Bill Lazor as offensive coordinator. He needs to step up. Right. Uh, A.J. Green right. can't be like what he was last year, which was a shell essentially of himself. Is that because he was old? Is that because the offense was completely fucked up and broken, which it was? You know, maybe that's yeah. it. The, maybe the, Joe Mixon in year two. Yeah, yeah, maybe year two, Joe Mixon takes that step and becomes an elite running back, not just somebody where we saw flashes. Maybe um, Tyler Eifert gets back to 2013 or 14, 15 form where he's able to play and catch and touch touchdown. You know, there's a lot of if nuts, butts and coconuts with the Bengals this year. And too many. There's a lot. And so you got to have to wonder. I saw a ranking thing the other day that at post draft, they had him ranked as like the 30th like ranked team in the league, meaning that they're going to be in the bottom third of the league making, you know, I'm talking like a four or five win team. And I think the Vegas number on them was five and a half games. That's wins. That's really fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. Vegas is not buying into Bengals at all. Right. And (laughs) I mean, and why should they really? I mean, we got, you got Marvin back yet again. Yeah. Um, The man's been there 14 years with zero playoff wins. I mean, who's going to believe in him? I mean, come on. Let's, let's, let's just look at the facts. Yeah. I, I, I can't get excited about it either. You know, I'm hoping for the best because I mean, but we're fans. That's what we're gonna do. So right. Anybody else? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't trust it either. So. Yeah. Who could buy it? Right. Okay. And so we have that, and that's the draft picks. As we swing it around the AFC North, as we get you know towards the wrap up here, uh, the Cleveland Browns they draft a quarterback, Baker Mayfield. They get some value picks. They had so many picks early in part of the draft. You know, it really will come down to the quarterback though. If Baker Mayfield can play. Uh, I have my doubts, but if Baker Mayfield can play, you know, all the other pieces will fill itself together. Um, so the Browns, you know, kind of doing Browns things. But if anybody could fuck up the first and fourth pick in the draft, it would be Cleveland. Brown's going to Brown. 
Yep, Browns are brown. Uh, the Steelers also draft a quarterback for the future, Mason Rudolph, uh, quarterback out of Wake Forest in the third round. That's after taking, I think it was like uh, Dotson or whatever last year in the, out of Tennessee in the fourth round. So Ben Roethlisberger, of course, comes out today and is like, you know, I think I can or I can play three to five more years. I don't think I don't need to teach this kid anything. He's going like with the, you know, the angry veteran thing when they pick the young quarterback. It, 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 Roethlisberger is such a diva and such a prick. You know, it's it's you know it's not surprising that he went this route. Yeah, that's. Um... He did the same thing, basically, that uh, Tom Brady did with uh, that uh, quarterback that they ended up trading to. Garoppolo. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, Garoppolo, who, uh, who's actually a really good quarterback. But he wasn't having it. It's like, hey, uh, y'all need to get rid of that quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So even though that weakens the team, man, these freaking diva quarterbacks, they're, I mean, they're, they're good at what they do, and, and there's so few of them, and they're in such high demand that it's – they can make these crazy demands, and the teams will do it. You know, they'll get rid of these other quarterbacks and stuff just to kind of try to please them and stuff. So, yeah, Roethlisberger is problematic as all get out in a lot of different areas. Yeah, and uh, you know, even I think Pittsburgh fans they they put up with him. They don't really necessarily love him. Uh, he's just him. yeah. They just he they just put up with him because he is what he is. Um, the Ravens also draft a quarterback for the future. They take Lamar Jackson out of Louisville. Uh, the Joe Flacco area is clearly in um, uh, it's coming into the rearview mirror. Yep. You know, he is a, I guess, a project quarterback. They think it might take a couple of years. Flacco's big deal that he signed after winning the Super Bowl is starting to round itself out at ridiculous amounts of numbers. If he's making upwards of 28, not a million dollars a year, sucking up their salary cap as well. So as they start to turn the corner, uh, yeah, that'll be the end of Joe Flacco era. Also, Ozzie Newsom. This was his last draft as well. This is his last year. You know, Ozzie did some great things for the Ravens in terms of picking players. But I think over the last couple of years, I think we've seen that the magic has worn off there. As in the past, he was picking not just all stars, but Hall of Famers between Ray Lewis, uh, Ed Reed, uh, Ter- Ed Terrell Reed. Suggs will probably be a Hall of Famer. Uh, what was that tackle that they had with Jonathan Ogden, like all of them? Yeah. I mean, these, he, yeah. those are hall of famers. You're not just picking all stars. You're picking hall of famers and all timers. Yeah. Yeah. And as time has gone on, they've really struggled to find good players. Uh, not just, yeah. not even all stars. They're really struggling to find good players. And you know, I think that's just the ebb of the flow of the league more than anything. Not that he lost his touch. It's just the ebb and flow of the league. But yeah, so the Ravens, you know, they're trying, but, uh, it's going to be a struggle for them as well as they kind of turn the corner on the Flacco era. All right. Yep. So that's really about it. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of Bengal news. The Bengals come in on Monday for their first series of OTAs. Uh, the rookies get a chance to come into camp as well. You're really just hoping for no injuries. That's basically it. Um, yeah, amen. Yeah. yeah. You won't see Billy Price uh, because he's still recovering from his torn pectoral from the combine. But for the most part, you want to see them come in. They'll be in shape. See what the other people, last year's rookies, look like. If see if they're in shape. You know, there's a lot of talk that Joe Mixon's walking around looking a lot not as soft as he was when he came into camp last year. You know, you hope that Josh Malone and all these guys have taken a year of of nutrition and training and gotten themselves into much better shape. And hopefully by the time, yeah, hopefully by the time we get to training camp, that they're looking pretty good. But 
I mean, you really never know. That's basically what it is. You watch the draft. Like I said, everybody thinks they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's basically it. Yeah. yeah, it's that time of hope every year. It's about yeah. the only time, chance some of us get. So yeah, hope hope brings the turnover, and then Madden comes out. Then you really like get fucked up because your team has like <laughs> <laughs> a seventy-seven in certain areas, and you just like you shit yeah, to bed because be mad like as hell. Yeah, yeah, damn it, yeah, Madden, yeah. Madden and Vegas is against me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, right, all right. right. All right, so this will start to wrap up Who Day Over 40. If Hutch was here, we'd have a song of the week to take us out because he's always comes up with some sort of song to uh, let us know how shitty the Bengals are. Uh, but, yeah, so you're able to find this podcast on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Lisbon, uh, Google Play. I don't know. Just search Brothers Comics. You'll be able to find this podcast. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it is a part of the Brothers Comics co- Podcasting Network. And Sandman participates in many of our podcasts. Actually, most are all of them. At damn near, really. Uh, he's a part of our Seems game, right. yeah, our Game of Thrones podcast. I know what you did last winter as we recap episodes. Although we've been tardy with that one, he's a part of the Marvel Hacks podcast as well as we recap uh, Marvel comic books and DC comic books too. So if you have an interest in comic books or whatever, you can kind of catch up there. Uh, he's part of the Brothers Comics podcast, which is the flagship podcast, uh, which we get with the episode a couple of weeks ago. He, there's the Blackity Black podcast, which he's also a part of, where we talk about black issues in kind of culture, entertainment, etc. Uh, the only one he's not a part of is the NBA podcast, which I do with our, our good friend, Will Stacks. Uh, so you can check that podcast on the network. There's the, uh, Unmasked podcast, which is the Mr. Robot recap show, uh, with C. Talene and, uh, Southern Cynic. Man, I don't know. There's just a lot of shit going on at Brothers Comics. So, you know, find a show, find your life. That's pretty much how we roll here. And that's about it. If you listen to our podcast in the past and you're like, man, they sound different. We are uh, testing out some new audio stuff. So if you heard this podcast and you're like, man, they sound a lot better. Thank you, because we've been working at it. It is a it's a uh, it's it's been a work in progress. So we're hoping that uh, this turns out. It sounds a lot better and uh, people can enjoy it. Um, and hear it a lot better in the past. So that's about it. We're trying to step our game up a little bit. We're trying to step our game up. Unlike we are not uh, the useless veterans that Marvin has. We are, um, we've come into camp. We've probably taken a little bit of HGA on our sound system here, HGH. And we're, yeah, we're we're trying to step it up, you know, without, you know, doing too much. But we're still trying to step it up. All right. So we'll take the regular Who Day Over 40 or the Who Day song as our exit music this week as the uh, 1988-89 Bengals take us out with their sad rendition of the uh, Super Bowl shuffle, which quite didn't work out. We still see you, Stanley Wilson. We still see you, man. God damn, 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 Stanley Wilson. (laughs) So as they take us out, uh, I am the producer of this podcast from Brothers Comics, and I am signing off. Sandman, go ahead and sign off. All right, this is the Sandman signing off. Sore hamstrings at all. Who day? Who day? Peace, y'all.